So welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. I am so honored and privileged to have this incredible guest. This man is a sales legend. He's an international sales speaker. He's the founder of The Sales Journey, and he's co-author with one of my absolute sales heroes, a guy that I've studied for over 22 years, Michael's wonderful father, Brian Tracy. They both co-authored the book, Unlimited Sales Success. Michael Tracy, welcome so much to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. This is awesome. Uh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely, honestly, the, the honor of privilege is all mine. And I know you're, you're now being made a, a professor from Forbes to now well, run your... <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I can't say professor, but instructor for instructor. their new online, online course rollout. To, to uh, me, that's a professor. And, and to be chosen, by, you know, to be chosen by Forbes is a, an amazing accolade. So hats off to you for that, you know. Te Thank you, Tony. Tell me a bit about how you got into the world of sales, how it began for you. Oh, I think, I mean, it probably happened in childhood. You know, yeah. my father um, always making me sell things, right? Not knowing what that was at the time, but he was always like, what's in it for him, right? W-I-I-F-M, yeah. right? So it's like from basketballs to bikes to video games, it was like, well, how is this going to benefit me? And so that kind of forces you to think through the prism of like, well, you know, how do I convince this person, you know, <laughs> to buy yeah. this for me yeah. in terms of their, their self-interest. And so that's yeah. kind of the first indoctrination of, of yeah. sales, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, growing up, you know, we, I used to collect golf balls on the slope um, around my house because there was a golf course close by. And then I'd, I'd you know, clean them up and sell them on hole 10, you know, enough nice. holes where they you know, lost some balls. And yeah, nice. that was probably my first sales job. And then, um, after university, you know, I went to my father and asked for advice. I said, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to go into financial planning. I wanted mm. to be kind of like a stockbroker and, mm. you know, Titan of industry. And he's like, maybe you should get some sales experience first. And I yeah. said, well, so what do you mean sales experience? You know, he's like, maybe like, you know, direct sales experience. And I'm like, well, what's direct sales? He's like, that's where you're belly to belly, eye to eye and face to face with as yeah. many people as possible, you know, trying to, trying to sell them something, trying to influence them. And I said, well, dad, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, I went to university, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to do this like really cool, complicated financial career. Yeah. And he's like, look, Michael, he's like, go get some belly to belly, eye to eye, face to face, direct sales experience. Just commit to it for a year and you'll be 10 years ahead of anybody else in business. Mm. And so, you know, I humbled myself and said, okay, fine. And I took, <laughs> I took a job as a door to door salesperson yeah. going, going residential um, selling telecom, so internet, yeah. TV, and phone in, in the Inland Empire, right, which is east of Los Angeles. It's just like right. sprawling suburbs. And in the first year, you know, I probably knocked on 20,000 doors and got rejected almost yeah. 20,000 times. You yeah. know? Um, but what's great is, and I think that the reason why he asked me to do that was because he wanted to get the fear of rejection just beaten out of me, right? Yeah. Because that's what holds most people back is this yeah. kind of fear to move forward because you think, people won't like you or they won't accept you or whatever. And so that, I mean, after a few months, I was totally immune to yeah. people saying no, not interested or even screw off, get off my property. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then after, you know, after a few months, they say, Hey, you should be a sales manager. Right. And I'm like, sales manager. That sounds, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, a, a promotion. I'm like, yeah. great. Well, so, you know, what's involved. They're like, Oh, that's the best part. You know, you get to recruit, train, mentor, manage, and babysit your own sales team. And I'm like, all right, well, 
what's the extra money involved? Like, yeah. let's talk about finances. Yeah. And I said, oh, exactly. oh, that's the best part. That's the best part. Um, you get a small override on all of their sales, right? So yeah. it's all commission based. Oh, but, but you know, you have to maintain your sales too, because that's still supposed to be about 80% of your income. And I'm like, okay. And regardless, I was enthusiastic about it. And so I'm, I'm out recruiting a sales team to do door to door sales. And then, you know, it occurs to me as, as it's occurred probably to most people that nobody really aspires to be a door to door salesperson. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah. so you, you start off with these lofty ambitions and you end up at gas stations and like fast food yeah. restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah. Just graduated from high school or, or didn't graduate from high school, yeah. but something, something cool happened. And this is why I, and we'll get to this in a second, but this is why I really got into, you know, sales training and, and personal and professional development in general was that after, you know, after a couple of weeks, most people would quit, right? Yeah. So you recruit somebody, train them, and then they go out, they get rejected a few times, they get uncomfortable and they quit. So the churn's really high, but the people who stuck around like three or four weeks and started making sales, something pretty miraculous happened. They went from making minimum wage, which at the time was about 200 us dollars per week. Yeah. Um, to making about 200 US dollars per day, mm. right? Within four mm. weeks, right? So mm. if you think about empowering people, mm. I know money's not everything, mm. but the money in this case, you know, they went out to the market without a skill set, and the market said, you're worth the absolute minimum, yeah. right? If employers could pay you less, we would, but by law, we have to pay you the minimum, right? Yes. And so that but folded back into their self-concept, their self-esteem, everything about them yes. was like, I'm worth the minimum, right? My, my future is the minimum, right? Yeah. And then after, you know, three or four weeks of sales training, you know, the market changed its mind. They said, whoa, 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 I made a mistake. You're 500% more valuable than yeah. I thought you were. And a lot of the, the sales reps uh, started making more money than their parents, wow. right? And, 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 you know, they started dressing differently and walking differently and watching yeah. this transformation happen over and over and over again. It's been like the, the underlying theme of my entire career as a, you know, sales professional, as an entrepreneur, um, just watching this transformation. And so I'm, I've always been so enthusiastic about sales skills because yeah. there's get rich quick schemes all over the place, Yeah. but sales skills, you know, they really empower you to go out and change your financial future yes. forever. And then if you acquire a different skill set, right, and you have also sales skills, right, mm. now you have, a, you have a catalyst to just to blow past anybody else who mm. doesn't have the requisite amount of sales skills. So, yeah. so sales skills education has always been re really exciting for me. And what, in your opinion, you mentioned that the high churn rate where most people quit, right, in the first couple of weeks, but the ones who stuck around, you know, stayed with it, kept going, what, in your opinion, what's the, what is that characteristic? What is that differentiator from those people than the ones yeah. who called it a day? Yeah, <laughs> I've, heard it, I've heard it a bunch of different ways. We call it grit, right? Um, I had yeah. a mentor call it stick-to-itiveness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? um, you know, just uh, diligence, discipline. And ultimately, there's, there, there are, there's always two types of people. There's one type of person who regardless of what you do, how much time you spend with them, how much effort you put into developing them, they're, they're still going to quit. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and there's the other type of person who will quit if you don't give them the time and attention they need to yeah. really establish themselves. Yeah. And so it's really, it's, it's difficult right in the beginning to figure out who that's going to be. Right. Yes. And so you have to give everyone a chance. 
And then once they've identified themselves as people who are going to quit or people who are going to persist, mm. then, you, then you really put your effort and time uh, behind the ones that are going mm. to persist, right? Mm. Because they have something that you can't give them, right? You can give mm. them motivation, you can give them inspiration, you can give them the skills, you can show them techniques, mm. but if they don't have that underlying quality of yeah. grit, right, then it's it's just a way it's a waste of your time at that point yeah so you have to identify those people early on yeah i like that that's a really good point and and i have i like the stickiness no i've never never heard that term the stick the stick to itiveness i love that you mentioned before we got we went live um you mentioned that the book you wrote with your dad unlimited sales success was really i've not had the pleasure to read it but you said to me it was a real you know, it came out over a dinner table with your dad where, yeah, yeah. you know, Brian was talking and you said, dad, sales has changed now. Tell me, more, <laughs> tell me a bit more about that and what sort of the key principles are that you, you've discussed in the book. Sure. Well, we, we discussed a bunch, of, we've discussed the entire sales process in the book, but the, the, the kind of the back and forth is my dad's a big fan of family dinners. So we have a lot of those. Um, and we're always talking about, we talk shop sometimes, yeah. you know, which is, you know, what we're doing with our training and speaking businesses. Yeah. Um, and so he'd always say, you know, when I, when I started, you know, we used to grab a phone book and we used to, you know, dial for dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, dad, I don't think many people alive, especially the younger generations probably haven't even seen a phone book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's a little bit different now. Yeah. You can't just grab a phone book and start dialing for dollars. Yeah. And so we would go back and forth and compare, well, when I started, it was like this. So, well, today it's kind of, it's like this, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. you know, it's this, the, the bedrock principle isn't, <clears throat> hasn't really changed much. You know, the, the idea that you have to go and prospect and reach out and communicate with people is yeah. still there. It's just, all the platforms are different, yes. right? So the subtle techniques and how you engage and get that attention is different. So yeah. that, th those are the ideas that we discuss. In the no, book. I love that. I, mu I must read that. And you obviously look growing up with your dad and, and obviously working with probably thousands of salespeople in your world. What, what's some of the best advice that you've personally ever been given um, from any of your mentors or people you've worked with? Well, I mean, I, the best advice I could give to anyone, and this is the result of just, I mean, training lots of different people in different industries, mm. right? Because every industry is different, but they're all kind of the same. Yes. And it's the focus on the time component, right? I mm. feel like if you're, most people are appointment driven salespeople. Yeah. If you're a sales professional, you're mostly appointment driven. Yeah. And it's getting that time that allows you to do everything else mm. and time today in the 21st century is kind of the constraint, right? You have the biggest companies in the world, you know, Amazon, Google, Apple, Netflix, you know, I mean, just pick one. Yeah. And they're all going after the same thing, which is somebody's time and attention. Yeah. Period. Mm. And so, and what they're, what they're specialized in is taking that time and attention, which they call engagement and turning it into revenue. Mm. right? Turning that time and attention into revenue. So Facebook does it through advertising. Instagram mm. does it through advertising. Netflix does it by how long you spend on their platform, how much mm. you consume, how much you talk about and share the content. Um, Google and Apple do the same thing. It's all about capturing that time and attention. So when you're a professional salesperson going out and getting that appointment, you have to realize your competition isn't just the guy that sells something similar, mm. right? It's, it's, everything that's competing for that time and attention. Mm. And so you need to be an expert at selling for time. Mm. So you really have to figure out how to generate your good curiosity hooks. What are you going to say to spark the interest? 
so that you can close them on the appointment first. Mm. And, and once people can close them, if, you know, I have, I've, I've asked this question in big audiences before, but I say, you know, how many people in here, if I put you in front of a qualified prospect for one hour, you could probably sell your product or service, right? And usually it's 80, 90% of the hands yeah. go up. Yeah. Um, and so I say, look, so that's really not, you know, the sales, right? You know, your product, you know how to sell it. It's, it's about getting the opportunity. Yes. Yes. And so if you can create opportunities, that's the first constraint, right? If you can fill up your calendar with appointments with qualified prospects, then you can double, triple, quadruple your sales. Yeah. I, I love that. I've never seen or heard that analogy that we are, you know, you always think you're competing with your competitor, right? But you're so right. You're not. You're competing with what's your prospect looking at, you know, and engaging them. So you mentioned their curiosity hooks. Give me, what would you say is your best example of a curiosity hook that you teach clients or that my listeners could benefit from? Well, well, I, I mean, you know this, everybody buys one thing. Yeah. Right. Results. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, you know, it's these, it's an outcome. It's a result. And so the curiosity hook is always your best result, right? Your best outcome. So um, as an example, and so it's always going to be different, but as an example for me, I could say, you know, <clears throat> um, I'm the founder of sales journey and you know, I can help you double your sales in 90 days, right? So double your sales in 90 days is the result. Mm. And if you say that correctly and you're saying it to the right person, mm. The idea is they go, huh, like I want to double my sales in 90 days. And if they ask you, right, the, the question, how, yeah. Michael, Michael, how, how can you do that? How do you do that? How do you double sales? Yeah. That's when you say, and you say, this takes discipline. You know, you say, I love to show you how. Yeah. Right. Um, does Thursday at 1 p.m. work for you? You know, yeah. or does Thursday at, at 11 a.m. work for you? Yeah. And you close them on the appointment, right? As soon yeah. as you get the interest, then you can close them on the time. Once you have the time, then you can ask the good questions. Then you can build the rapport. Then you yeah. can, you know, position your product or service in the best possible way. Yeah. Because there's, there's been an allocation of time for you yes. to do that. Right. I've, if you try to do it without the time, you know what happens. Totally. You just start talking and <laughs> totally. No, no, I, lo I love that. I love that hook and that sort of elevator pitch. And in terms of positioning your product and service, you know, we're we're in a market now that's getting more and more diluted. It's more commoditized. What what's some of the best advice you've got when it comes to how do you truly differentiate your product and service? Figure out how to differentiate yourself right? You have to become an expert, right? The 21st century is, is different, right? So information has been democratized. Everybody can go out and get the information on the internet, right? That's, um, I, don't, I don't know how much time we have, but I mean, if you think about the evolution of sales, like yeah. if you were a salesperson in the eighties, you know, people would call you. Yeah. Right. And because they would have questions about, right. Does it come in blue? Like, can you deliver it on Thursday? Yeah. And so if you pick up the phone, somebody calls you and says, Hey, does it come in blue? Like, what can you do, right? Yeah. You can ABC, right? You can always yeah. be closing. Yeah. You say, yes, it comes in blue. What's your credit card number? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, we can deliver it on Thursday. Um, if you order it right now, what's your credit card number, right? Yeah, yeah. So that changed when the internet happened, right? Internet democratized information. Nobody was calling anybody anymore. Yeah. And so you have in the 90s, the, 
the consultative selling, the solution-based selling methods, right? right? Which are lots of questions and discovery, we right? Been to, selling, to, right? To, to expose these underlying problems. Yeah. And I think in the 21st century, everybody knows their problem, right? They go, yeah. they go, on, they go online now and they search their problem and they get 485 different potential solutions. Yes. And they don't know which one to pick. So they sit there, they analyze and they go, okay, this one's more expensive, this one's less expensive. This one has this feature. This one doesn't have that feature. And at the end of it all, they just sit there and don't make a decision. Mm. Right? And it's the, the analysis paralysis. Mm. Um, and they say, oh, I'll just get back to it later. So what they need and what the opportunity is, is for a human being with an insight, with, a, with, a, with an expert level understanding mm. to come in and you know, turn on the light and just kind of yeah. show them like, here's the best solution for you and here's why. And give them yeah. an education. Yes. And the education component is the future of sale, selling, right? Mm. It's, it's educating. Mm, I love that. I really love that. What, if you think back throughout your career, which one sale really stands out for you that you're either the most proud of that you've won or, and it might be the same one here, or it gave you the biggest lesson? Um, so there was, there was a, a moment when I was doing door-to-door -door selling, residential door-to-door -door selling, which was my first real exposure to, to, um, yeah. to, to direct selling, where you're actually knocking on other people's doors. I remember I didn't ha I mean, it was later in the day and I didn't ha have a sale. and It was commission only. So if you work all day and you don't get a sale, it's like you work that day for free. Yeah. And it was, um, so I remember the sun was going down and I knocked on this door and there's a gentleman and you know, he said, Oh, I'm not interested. I don't want it. And I just persisted. <laughs> I just stood there and I addressed every objection and I got really convicted. Like I demonstrated my belief. Yes. And after about a half an hour, he's finally like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Like I'll, I'll buy it. And I walked away thinking, gosh, if I just demonstrated that level of belief and conviction at every door, Yes. Like how many more sales would I make? You know, and mm. a lot of people, you go, like a lot of sales professionals go into like automatic mode mm. <clears throat> where they're kind of just going through the steps and they forget yeah. about yeah. the belief and conviction, like why they took the job in the first place. Mm. Um, but if you like, for example, if you're selling something you believe in with conviction, mm. You'll be a thousand times more effective than somebody who just took the job because it's got a good commission or, yes. you know, it's conveniently located or whatever. Right. So, yeah. and that's the wonderful thing about selling is you get to choose your product. Yes. You know, you get to choose your service. If you're good at selling, just choose something that you believe in. Yeah. Right? And you'll get, you'll get a 10X. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So you've touched on two things there. You said belief conviction and you mentioned earlier that your dad gave you that amazing advice of door knock for a year and 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 his motivation probably was to knock the fear out of you which i do right. i agree with you michael it holds people back aside from those three what do you believe are the the key traits or characteristics of the best sales professionals in the world well you know i'm going to quote the late and great chet holmes you know mm. he said that sales isn't about doing a thousand things it's about doing five things the right way a thousand times, right? So it's, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing the, the core, the fundamentals, you know, mastering your product knowledge, being mm. confident, asking the right questions. These are things that have never, haven't changed, you know, in the last a mm. hundred years. 
but you really have to master the course. So it's so internalized that when you finally do get that qualified prospect on the phone, you don't, you know, blah, you don't throw up all over them. You know, you're, you're calculated. You, you know, you follow your process. You get the, you, you confirm that the time is available. You ask the right qualification questions so that, yeah, you know, at the end of the sale, when you're trying to close it, they're like, oh, well, I don't make these decisions, you know, yeah. <laughs> or I have to, yeah. oh, we, you know, we should, really should bring in this other person or, oh, yeah. my, my boss needs to hear about this. It, yeah. Like, you know, <clears throat> really, it's just about focusing on, on the fundamentals and getting yes. those right. Because then you can stick them in any structure you want. You can stick yeah. them on Facebook or Instagram or email or Zoom. All right. And it's all the fundamentals aren't going to change. The, yeah. the, the platform will be different but the fundamentals will be the same. Yeah, that's brilliant advice, actually. I, I really love that. Um, what would you say has been your, the, the sale that got away? Which one comes to your mind where you probably learned the most from it? Oh, geez. Um, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't think about those two. I don't, yeah. I, don't want, I don't want to think about them too long. Yeah. And I honestly think you shouldn't, you shouldn't, if you, if, if you can't, if, if there's a sale that gets away, the worst thing you can do, I mean, think about what happened, learn from it, and then move on. Yes. Right? There's, been, there's been plenty of sales. I mean, the vast majority of the ones I go after, I don't close. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. But that's the, you just keep moving forward, right? Mm. So in that case, it's, it is a numbers game. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I try, try not to focus on the ones that got away. I, I allow the ones that I close to define my success in mm. in that particular endeavor. Yeah, <laughs> not, that's fair. Not the ones that got away. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. And if you had one sales mantra, what would it be? Uh, <laughs> there's actually there's an old story my dad told me, um, and it's about an insurance salesman <clears throat> who's essentially broke. He's gone to every business on the planet. He's walking down the street and he's like, you know what? I'm not, I can't sell insurance anymore. I'm done. Um, I'm done. And he looks up and he, every business is closed except for this, this one light on. Right. And so he's, he goes, you know what? I'm just gonna take this one. I'm just gonna take this one more. I'm going to go and I'll try this one. And then if I, I fail, um, then I'm quitting, quitting for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so he goes, <clears throat> he walks in and he does his presentation. And the guy's like, I'm not interested. Screw off. So he walks out and he's like, oh, that's it. He's like, I'm done. And then he looks next door and there's another light on. And he's like, you know what? Just one more, just one more. And so he walks into that one and he's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm selling, you know, insurance, business insurance, blah, 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 liability, whatever it is. And the, and the business owner is like, Oh my gosh, that's so that's so great. I, I have to do that. I've been meaning to do that. I just haven't had time. Please sit down show me what you have. The guy takes the whole package of insurance and this old sales insurance salesman, he walks out again and he realizes he's like, you know, his, his whole philosophy changed at that moment to what, what I, I'll tell you is it's always, always do one more at the place next door. Right. Yeah. Always do one more at the place next door. Cause you, you, know, just, you just never know. Always do yeah. one more. And it, you know, translate that to whatever you're doing. It's just, just one more. I love that. What a, what an amazing, and I know Jeb Blunt is a big fan of, you know, we spoke about him earlier, the author of or some amazing books, but fanatical prospecting. And I know he's one more call cool is his motto. And he yeah. actually has it in his suit 
one more <laughs> goal, you know, which which yeah. I love, you know, I thought that's fantastic. And what what's some of the best books that you've ever read that, that's helped you the most? Uh, well, you know, so when you think about <clears throat> sales books, my, my favorite sales books from my dad are advanced selling strategies yeah. and maximum achievement, right? Those are Amazing. his two Amazing. really Thank comprehensive you. works. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I've read Jeb Blunt's book. Um, you know, I've got, I mean, I've got, I've just, I go through tons of books and, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of Peter Drucker lately. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's speaking at a conference with me, um, a promotional conference in October. Okay. I've never, never heard from him or met him, but looking forward to well, it. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's the, you know, the, the, the doctor of management, you know, he's really yeah. the, the yeah. and, and, you know, I find that the best sales insights don't necessarily come from sales books. Mm. Sometimes they come from reading outside your field, like mm. in management and marketing. Like for example, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, I've discovered by, by studying marketing is that <clears throat> in sales, the average sales made after nine contacts, mm. right? Mm. So it takes about nine contacts or even, and once you, once you establish, like a good connection, then it takes an additional nine follow-up attempts. Yes, <laughs> to make sure that that they either buy or don't. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in in marketing, there's a corollary, which is they call it impressions. But the average sale is made after like I think it's between nine and twelve impressions. Yeah. Right. And so, in in sales, people are like, well, how do I follow up if I've already followed up four or five times? Like, how do I follow up again? Yeah. You know, without being annoying. And it's like, think like a marketer, right? Just yeah. make an impression, right? Because yeah. marketers don't think like, hey, are you going to buy it now? Like, did you sign yeah. the contract? Yeah. Did you sign the contract? Well, are you going to buy it now? You know, th yeah. nobody yeah. likes to be followed up like that. But just th think like a marketer. Think about impressions. Like, how can yeah. you make another positive impression yeah. to, just stay, to just stay stop of mind? They, they know why you're co their contact, you're contacting yes. them. But make a positive impression. Like, think like a marketer instead of a, a, just a, you know, a salesperson. So, yeah, that's a really great way of looking at it, actually. <laughs> can you give some examples of what positive impressions that a salesperson can bring into their world. Yeah. Just being thoughtful, right. Thinking yeah. about the other person in their industry, maybe finding like a piece like a, an insightful uh, piece of information. Yeah. Um, yeah. A study, a white paper. Yeah. Um, or, or like if, if when during the rapport building process, if you learn something about them, like they like to golf or like white river rafting or whatever, <clears throat> find something and send it to them that appeals to their interest. Yeah. Just let them know that you're thinking about them, you yeah. know? Uh, and, and you, know, cause ultimately it always comes down to the relationship, yes. the relationship that you establish. Yes. And that has a lot to do with listening. And so the impressions that you make should prove that you were listening that first time. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah. What great advice. Really, <laughs> really love that. Um, I know you've got some amazing online content, Michael, as well as obviously the book you've written, where, where is the best place for my listeners to access your stuff and read and learn more about you? Sure. So I, I have a, my personal website is michaeltracy.io. Um, and then you can always go to salesjourney.com. And that has um, my online course and my sales training methodology. Uh, and so, or you can follow me on Instagram at salesjourney. So those are a few ways to, to get a hold of me. And, and if you have any questions or you want to speak to me directly, I mean, you can always reach out um, through email. So it's michael at michaeltracy.io. Amazing. Michael, it's been honestly an absolute joy and pleasure having you on. Really enjoyed our chat. And, and look, when, when we're out of this lockdown properly and, and you need to escape the, uh, the four women in your house, 
I'm sure up for a beer at some point. I might look very different when you see me. Yeah. It's older um, with the gray hair, yeah, maybe no, absolutely. maybe no hair. <laughs> with like a twitch. Right. Uh. <laughs> absolutely. Look, stay safe, keep well, and thank you so much for giving up your valuable time once again. Awesome. Wonderful to be here, Tony. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.